Every week, a lot happens in Parliament. Debates rage, bills are discussed, and laws are introduced. So it's easy to feel like you don't quite know what's going on in the chamber. So we're lifting the lid and telling you exactly what happened this week in Parliament. This week, we saw the Chancellor's 2020 spending review, planned for the new tiered COVID system in England, and landmark legislation in Scotland. Before we start with any parliamentary shenanigans, you'll likely already know that this week also includes Black Friday. So to get into the spirit of this corporate holiday, we've cut the prices across our merch store too. To help you celebrate even harder, you can get an additional 10% off the already reduced prices using code THISWEEK. And I'll make sure to put a This Week in Parliament badge into your order as a special thank you. The link to the store can be found below. For today's first story, we go to the Commons for a speech made by everyone's favourite politician at the moment, Rishi Sunak. And that's because the Chancellor was delivering his spending review for the UK economy. He started off by painting a pretty grim picture about how Covid has and will hamper the economy. The OBR forecasts the economy will contract this year by 11.3%, the largest fall in output for more than 300 years. As the restrictions are eased, they expect the economy to start recovering, growing by 5.5% next year, 6.6% in 2022, then 2.3%, 1.7% and 1.8% in the following years. Even with growth returning, our economic output is not expected to return to pre-crisis levels until the fourth quarter of 2022. And the economic damage is likely to be lasting. Long-term scarring means in 2025, the economy will be around 3% smaller than expected in the March budget. The government has also decided to freeze the pay of approximately 1.3 million workers in the public sector and cut overseas aid spending from 0.7 to 0.5% of GNI. While this is clearly a tough blow to the UK's assistance for other countries, 0.5% still pins it as a world leader. Although the economy and livelihoods are clearly in trouble, the spending review was not all doom, gloom and cuts. First, taking account of the pay review body's advice, we will provide a pay rise to over a million nurses, doctors and others working in the NHS. We will protect those on lower incomes. The 2.1 million public sector workers who earn below the median wage of £24,000 will be guaranteed a pay rise of at least £250. In addition to these pay rises, there's also set to be increased spending for health and social care, with a £3 billion boost for the NHS for Covid, as well as £500 million worth of greater help for mental health services and a massive £18 billion for the vaccine push, testing and PPE. As well as this, there'll also be investment in many other sectors, such as schools, transport, defence and employment services. In the second story today, we stay in the Commons to discuss the newly announced Covid tier systems. While the government was probably hoping for a smooth announcement, this was far from what they got. The announcement was first set to happen in the House of Commons by Matt Hancock at 11.30am. But just before this happened, the website that allowed users to enter their postcode and find out which tier they'd be in crashed. This was clearly unfortunate, especially because the government's actions ended up annoying the speaker, 
because they released the information and the website before the statement. As the speaker makes clear, statements of such nature should be made in the House of Commons first, not released online. Um, at 11.14 it was announced that you could find out which tier you were in via a journalist rather than the statement of the House. Now I know the Secretary of State is standing outside. I think this is an absolutely appalling way to treat Parliament. Could I have your advice on whether this was an appropriate thing to do? In fact, the uh, website has crashed because everybody is on it. There's no point in being in this chamber, Mr Speaker, where we should hear the announcement first. We might as well be sitting remotely, which the Leader of the House isn't allowing. This House should be informed first. We keep telling the government that is the way that good government should treat and respect this chamber. It is not acceptable to put it online. The only good thing is about the government, it's crashed. So it's not helpful. So it might be that we do get the statement first, but it is not acceptable. I do say, once again, I know the leader will pass on, in the strongest terms, this House should hear it first. We are elected to hear it first, and they should give the respect that this House deserves. Yet again, then, it seems that the government appears to have tried to bypass Parliament when announcing key policies. This time, though, they only partially managed to do so but that's mainly due to dodgy web hosting more than anything else. It's probably now worth actually discussing what these tiers mean, and the controversy surrounding them. The tier system was first used prior to the second English lockdown, in an attempt to stop the virus from spreading in the hotspots throughout the UK, and it's now set to be reintroduced with some changes. Most of these changes are fairly small things, like a slight adjustment to the 10pm curfew on pubs. The only arguably bigger change is the fact that football can now be played in front of fans in Tier 1 and Tier 2 areas, obviously with social distancing and limits on the number of attendees. While the rules themselves have been criticised for being inconsistent and unfair by some, the bigger criticism has been of which areas are being put under the harshest restrictions. The areas placed under Tier 3 restrictions are mainly those in the Midlands and the North. Some see this as a demonstration of the so-called North-South divide, and the fact the government care less about the North than the South. Others, though, see this as a fair assessment of where the virus is most prevalent, and we'll leave it up to you to decide which you think is true. For the final story today, we head up North to Scotland. On Tuesday, MSPs unanimously approved the Period Products Bill, and in doing so, made Scotland the first country in the world to make period products free for all. Introduced by Labour MSP Monica Lennon, this has actually been a long time in the making, and a logical step forward for Scotland. Back in August 2018, sanitary products were made freely available for every school, college and university student in Scotland. This bill extends that duty to all local authorities who will be required to give anyone who needs them access reasonably easily and with reasonable dignity. Lennon introduced the bill with a powerful speech. When I posed questions to the Scottish Government in 2016 about what was being done to address period poverty, it was clear that UK-wide austerity was having an impact and sadly, we know that in times of economic crisis, it is too often women and girls who are disproportionately disadvantaged. The thought of anyone having to go to a food bank for foods, toiletries and essential period products remains unacceptable. And we have huge work to do to address wealth inequalities in our society. Four years on, that economic struggle has not got any better. 
In fact, the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic on public health and on incomes only makes the case for this bill even stronger. Periods don't stop for pandemics and the work to improve access to essential tampons, pads and reusables has never been more important. Periods should never be a barrier to education or push anyone into poverty. Women, girls and all people who menstruate deserve period dignity. Presiding officer, this bill is practical and progressive and I hope all MSPs will support it tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms Lennon. Now call on Aileen Campbell. Her speech and efforts to get the bill to this stage were praised and the issue received cross-party support. Many other MSPs, such as Conservative Annie Wells, delivered supportive speeches during the debate. Let me say from the outset that the Scottish Conservatives support the overarching aims of this bill. For those who use paid products, it is central to their dignity. These products are made accessible when they are so required. However, as many groups and organisations have made clear throughout this process, there are obstacles in place which hinder any individual's ability to access essential period products. It is an issue we must tackle head on. Obstacles to access can clearly have a detrimental impact on the well-being of those who use period products. Most significantly, not having access to period products can lead to serious health complications. The bill passed unanimously and may well inspire other parliaments across the world to follow suit. If you want to be updated with what happens in Parliament next week, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Or if you prefer to listen to the weekly update, then you can subscribe to the Daily Briefing podcast feed, where you'll find a daily summary of the week's news events and every Saturday this week in Parliament.